Kia ora and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Extra Trials Football Podcast, the home of alternative football. It's uh, day 1072 of the lockdown, but I don't care because the Swans have beaten Cardiff City in the South Wales Derby 3-0. Oh, what a brilliant week it's been. I'm still smiling. Join me on the pod, we have Lyle the Perth Goodest do it. How's it going, mate? Edzie, not too bad, my son. Not too bad. It's a, you know... I would say I've got the Monday blues, but I don't because I'm on top of the world, mate. Top of the world. Arsenal win on the weekend. United get battered. Everywhere <laughs> they go. United get battered. Everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. <laughs> oh. What a time to be alive. The scum losing as well. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Um, let's talk about the, the derby first. So you watched it as a neutral. What was your thoughts on that? Do you know what, Edzie, right? And um, obviously, you know, I know that you are a long way away in New Zealand. Um, and I'm sure that many of your listeners uh, down there, you know, will some at some stage in their lifetime make the pilgrimage to Europe to, to watch their team live. But football without the fans is nothing, right? And that is what the Derby showed last weekend. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I've watched the Derbys, whether it's, you know, North London Derby, Manchester Derby, Rangers Celtic, uh, you know, the you know South Wales Derby, you know, last season behind clothes. It's just not the same. And what a game last week. You know, the place was, ro- you know, the, the Liberty was rocking, mate. You know, and it is, you could see the players feeding off the atmosphere in that kind of arena, mate. So it was just an unbelievable occasion. Unbelievable. Yeah, and the football was good too, wasn't it? Oh mate, Swan- Swansea Lona, Swansea Lona, mate. It was a- <laughs> it's funny because what I said to you at the start of the game was because you were a bit worried about sort of the tippy tappy stuff. And I I'm said, always worried, mate. Trust me. The first 10, 20 minutes, I was shitting myself. I knew that when I when I looked at how they set up, I was like, "You're going to have a field day today because the problem is they're not going to get on the ball, mm. and you can't you can't play that style of you know rugby hoofball, you know, <laughs> <laughs> swing swing low nonsense, you know, for for for, for heave ho." For, for for 80 minutes mate it's just it's, it's madness yeah let's that was at, like watching yeah. Stoke City 10 years ago isn't it? Oh, it was of course it's agricultural mate, mate. it's <laughs> agricultural but it is mate you've been on the hunt to get rid of these dinosaurs the last few <laughs> few months anyway and you know what I mean they're slowly dying off and I think Mick McCarthy's probably the last of the dying breed and um, they're still in the job oh he's not in the job actually he's left but when I saw that starting lineup. I was instantly convinced that we win the game because they picked a, a back five of five centre-backs. Not even a win-back, mate. Five centre-backs. And when I saw that lineup, I thought, you know what, we're going we're gonna to smash these guys up. But the first 10 to 20 minutes, uh, you know, I was, I was a bit nervous because Cardiff seemed to be pressing quite well, actually. And we, we just couldn't get on the ball. But then as soon as we scored that first goal from Jamie Patterson, it was a screamer. Um, uh, you know, before even before that, mate, we should have got given a pen. Oh, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, Curt- that was Curtis clear, Nelson clear, chopped clear, Ethan Laird. Clear and obvious. Yeah, that was yeah. a clear and obvious error, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but as soon as we got the first goal, I, I, I yeah, the game was over. I thought because Cardiff had nothing to counteract or even do anything really when they had the ball. I think just lumped it forward to keep it more. Yeah, I felt sorry for him, but I mean, he's playing blue in a day, so <laughs> he was never going to score against us, but. Second goal, oh gosh, um, from um, Joel Perot. You know, no Perot, no party. Honestly, well, that was a fantastic goal. And the third goal, you know, that summed up the day, I think, for the Swans. You know, Keeper Moore got chopped by um, Downs, who played really well, actually. I didn't think that he outmarked Kiefer at the game, but he did. Hoofed it long. I think we did a Cardiff down the, down the byline. And then um, 
yeah, Ethan Lee, just, it just shows you, mate, the determination the other Swans wanted to win, where he just kept the ball in, put the ball into the box for um, Joey Patterson, and there was a lovely chip over the keeper, and then Jay Bidwell with the header to win the game 3-0 for us. It could have been more, mate. That's the funny thing about it. And I can't remember a derby where it was been that comfortable of a win. I think maybe uh, the 2-0 last season, that Legoland in the first game, was pretty comfortable for us, but... We have to talk about Cardiff, though. I mean, uh, it, it was a I dreadful may, performance. I, I just think on, before we leave the Swansea stuff, um, mm. you know, you, you, and to move on to Cardiff, I thought what won you the game in the first half was how your defence dealt with their long ball tactics into the box. Mm. So what would have disrupted the game massively from your end is the sense that you, you imagine you're dominating the so you dominate in the possession, right? You, you'd what seventy percent, eighty percent possession. They can't get on the ball, but every time they're in the final third, they're either lumping a long throw into the box or they're whipping balls in. And I think credit to your defenders because what they did is they absorbed the pressure in the first half, which allowed you to get on the score sheet. And once you got on the score sheet, you were laughing because, as you know. All it would have t- taken is for them to nick a scrappy goal in the first 25 minutes and then they they, they park the bus. Yeah. And that's how you beat scumbag teams like that who just play <laughs> anti-Christ football. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You know what? I have to give, you know, Russell Martin some credit there because he's come in, you know, with what, a week to go in the season. He's not had a pre-season with us. And, you know, as much as people complain about the, the international windows, like they're valuable time. You know, the invaluable time for us because it, it gives him a chance to work with the team. And you know what, mate? It's it's obviously our best performance of the season. I mean, the result shows that. But there's been games where we've been doing that to teams, but we just can't score a goal. But all three goals, fantastic, you know. And yeah, really happy for Russell. Um, I mean, Cardiff didn't do themselves any favours, really, with the team they set up and how they played. And people said before the game that the derby would mean more to the Cardiff players because they have the experience and all that bullshit. But really, we we just we stuffed them. And I love the celebrations, mate. After all three goals, the Swansea players did the swim away. It was brilliant. Even Russell Martin was doing it at full time. It's a funny thing about it. Not just the derby win, but the fact that Cardiff City complained to South Wales police about the celebrations. It just shows the state of the club. The Hammond I mean, complained to the police because they lost. I, I bet you would have paid a week's wages to be in the ground with the scenes there. <laughs> of course, I would have, mate. It's a, and the thing about Derby Day is it's a special atmosphere, isn't it? Because the thing I always say about a Derby Day is don't don't matter don't matter how, where you are in the stand, the whole place is rocking. Do you know what I mean? Parts of the ground which usually would be a bit quiet are going absolutely off their rocker. And uh, yeah, like you can't beat can't beat a derby day, especially when you, you when you're on the you know you, you give them a bit of a trouncing. That is just uh, yeah. I mean, what can I say? That's uh, you can't come back from that one for the season, <laughs> in it. You, you, that's that's you got to write that one off, mate. Yeah, it's been brilliant, mate. Because um, like on the the card of Swanton City banter page on Facebook, it almost as there's no internet in Cardiff anymore because there's been oh, no man. posts there all week because it got worse than mate. They lost to Fulham. And then they lost to Middlesbrough on the weekend. So they lost eight games in a row. It's a record for the club. Uh, Mick McCarthy's uh, he's walked. I wish he stayed there till April because he would definitely have got them relegated. Um, but the funny thing about the Middlesbrough game is, of course, they're managed by Neil Warnock. And Sol Bamber as well, you know, the guy that had cancer, you know, recovered from cancer. The club got rid of him and uh, he played on the weekend against Cardiff. So I'm sure he's quite happy as well. So... Yeah, it's, just, it's all going downhill for Cardiff. And it's come out, actually, this week that they've got no money. So, um, yeah, they're only going one way, hopefully, and that's the League One. 
Well, well, <laughs> in the rubbish bin then. Yeah, where they belong, bin dippers. Swans, yeah, great week, mate. It's been a great week for us. Obviously, the Derby win, but then we backed it up with a, a comeback win against West Brom. No one saw that happening after we conceded them after like 30 seconds. Um, beat them 2-1. And then, yeah, we disappointing defeat on the weekend against Birmingham. Um, it just shows you, mate, we, we can't play three games in one week. Uh, we haven't got a strong squad, to be honest with you. We've got a good start in 11. So three games in one week is obviously going to be a toll on us. And it, it did on the weekend because Birmingham was really good. And I thought they could have battered us, actually. So 2-1, I'll take that. It's funny. So my uh, my housemate is pal. Who, he's the comms comms officer for Birmingham City. Ah, oh, he? Does all, does all the Twitter and all of that stuff, all the you know media releases, blah blah blah. Nice one. So, yeah, he was he was pretty happy on Saturday night when I saw him. Yeah, a big big scout for them anyway. The this one, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm still glowing, mate. As I said, like Siggy Siggy checks in longest lockdown ever. I don't care now because it, it, it sets them. you up. It sets you up for the season when you do that, really, because it's one of them where it's like some. It's a bit like us when we've done. I mean. It's weird. Us and Tottenham's a slightly different rivalry in the sense that, actually, for most Arsenal fans, we're not that bothered about Tottenham. We just like to have a laugh with them every now and then. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's never been any competition on the pitch because, you know, we're up here and they're just, you know, literally so far below us. It's not even even funny. But, um, yeah, when you when you stuff them on Derby Day, like we've done a similar thing. I was <laughs> yeah. in the ground. You just, you almost feel sorry for them. Do you know what I mean? Because you're just taking the pick. Because you go, go up, 3-0 up, 2-0 up so early on, you're just taking the piss out of them for a lot of And I'm not surprised if, you know, I don't know if they were allowed out, but a lot of them probably would have just left, in it? No, they can't leave, mate. It's a bubble no, trip. they're locked in. They're locked in, aren't but they? Oh, they could have they left their seats, but they'd be stuck in the concourse for, what, two oh, hours? Because they have to locked. wait an hour after the game, yeah, eh? they're locked the... in, yeah. Yeah, they looked in. from what I heard from my mates, they weren't that much trouble. And I'm not sure how many bubble traps are there in the UK. Rangers um, Celtic is the uh, only uh, other one which, yeah. which I know of. And I think Newcastle Sunderland might have been a bu- bubble trip. But Rangers Celtic is the same because what they do is it's the same because Rangers Celtic, you can't drink, but there's not the, the game kicks off at 12 o'clock and the pubs yeah. won't serve alcohol till 12.30. So there's no, boo- there's no booze to be had in bloody Glasgow that day. And um, I thought... Newcastle Sunderland might be similar. If you think about it, in terms of the top three derbies in the UK, obviously Old Firm and Cardiff Swansea must be one two. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Surely. No, if you think about the hatred. Oh, for sure, mate. For sure. Yeah. I'm not talking about the football because you know, no, we're, we're in different about, levels, no, mate. Yeah, different no, levels talk- of football. I'm, I'm talking about the hatreds because it's like yeah. from a hatred perspective, it's that, that's got to be one two. People that watch Green Street, a football factory, go, oh, no, it must be, you know, West Ham, Millwall. But they never play each other. So no, I wouldn't, count, that's the I wouldn't yeah. class that as a derby, to be honest with you, because they, they don't play each other regularly, do they? So, yeah, um, and maybe West Ham, Millwall was a third from a hatred perspective, because, you, know, yeah. you know, that's a bit nuts in it, that one. But you're right, they don't, it's, it's, it's odd, because they don't, they don't play each other. Because even like, like Arsenal, Tottenham, there's aggro. There's more at their place. There's way more aggro than there is at our place because our yeah. fans are pretty well. But at their place, there's serious aggro. Uh, from a hooligan perspective, I'd say Chelsea Spurs in a day. Mm. That you know what I mean? Like Chelsea, yeah. Anyone, but... or, or Chelsea, Chelsea, West Ham, yeah, West Ham, yeah. Spurs, those ones exactly, yeah. Mm. 
but from an aggro perspective, yeah, that has got those games have got to be one and two because it's nuts in it. Fair play to you guys. Like you don't really, I, I don't associate Arsenal with any form of hooliganism. You might, you might yeah. tell me wrong, but we've, yeah, like, we've got we've got we've got a very tidy firm in the eighties and the nineties. But what we don't do, which a lot of other clubs do, is go after shirters, and that's the problem. You know, we we you know, the Arsenal you know firm are quite tidy in the sense that they're not interested in shirters, blah blah blah, and actually. It's weird. So it's like certain football clubs, the fans just go out to cause trouble when they watch the football. Whereas we just like to enjoy ourselves. I like mm. to go for it. Like on, you know, on Saturday, I'm going to be in Leicester. I'll go for a drink in the Leicester home pubs, have a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Meet the opposition fans. We, you know, that's what we do. From the Southwest Derby to sort of another London Derby for you guys. So you played Palace um, midweek. It was the return of Vieira. He comes from Senegal. He plays for Arsenal. Vieira. Whoa, Vieira. Very close game, that one. Two all in the end. Our Palace deserved three points. We were lucky mm. to nick a draw. We, we didn't deserve anything out of that. And so all I'm going to say is next, move on. You know, that was just, you know, you take the point and you move on. That is it. Can I make a quick point about that game? The equaliser there for Lacazette. What's your thoughts on the celebration? Of the Arsenal fans or just in general? No, the, the players on the field. Um, look, look, let's have it right, OK? This bunch of players at the start, of, we, we lost three games on the bounce at the start of the season. So we lost Brentford, we lost City, we lost uh, Chelsea. Now, mm. five years ago, you would think, oh, celebrating a draw against Palace. But actually, we're not that much better than them, really, when you look at where we are. We're a mid-table club at the moment. So what the players are probably thinking is, yeah, you know, didn't play well today, managed to salvage a draw. Um, last minute, boom, you know, keeps the keeps the momentum going and that's you know it's quite a, you know that's what's that four or five league games on the bounce of us about losing a game so I, mm. I, I totally can see it from the players side um, you know it's football you score a last minute equaliser you're always going to be bouncing and buzzing the media Twitter everyone they don't like Arsenal so they'll make make stuff out of it but it is what it is you know what do you want them to do just be like this I mean it's, you know it's just it's, I, I don't understand. You can't win, can you? You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Do you feel that was sort of an audition for um, for Vieira? Because he's going to become a, a future Arsenal manager at one point. Hopefully, surely. hopefully. I mean, look, Vier- what Vieira's... Vieira's got to be careful. And I said this to you at the start of the season and you laughed at me, right? Because you said they were dark horses. And I said, yes, they've got good players, but the problem is they've got a lot of youngsters, Edzi, and they don't have the game management I'm afraid to say when you look at them this season right you've called them the dark horses they're not mate because (laughs) they can't get three points now you look at where they are okay Mm. so if I pull up the table which I'm about to do uh right now you think to yourselves what they've had six draws one win and two losses sitting in 15th mate nine points and they're only what five points above the relegation zone now in two three years time with the exact same set of players they've probably got another what easily you know they're gonna they would have three of those draws they would have put into wins Mm. and automatically mate automatically that is put that would put them in sixth place two points off striking zone of the top four now that is the difference between experience and youngsters I'm afraid to say and so yeah Vieira's got them playing really good football so a couple of Palace fans I know buzzing about the football but he's got to sort the game management out because if you're not careful 
Look at Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe was playing good football at Bournemouth, but he got him relegated because he couldn't end up getting the three points, mate. So you you got to get the balance right. Now I like Palace. I like everything about what they're doing. They've got they're playing almost old school counter attacking football, which is very dangerous, right? He's got them, you know, moving. He's got the trigger points, the release points, but got to be getting them three points. I mean, how they ain't beat Newcastle at home on the weekend. I mean, Newcastle poor mm. outfit at the moment. No disrespect to any Geordies who are listening, but I'm sorry. You know, so yes, like what Patrick Vieira is doing, but he's got to start getting results, mate. So let's move on to Friday. So you went down to the Emirates on Friday against Villa. Yep, yep. Tell me about your whole day. Did you go to work that day? Um, of course, I went to work. What kind of question? What kind of question is that? So yeah, I was at work. I finished up at a good time. So I was in the pub by five thirty. So down the old. Arsenal Tavern on the Blackstock Road, uh, just around the corner from the old Highbury. Um, so I was in there having a, yeah, a few few little liveners before kickoff. Um, so we we, <laughs> we were down the Arsenal Tav, then left there about seven o'clock ish. Got in the ground, uh, which was which was good, solid atmosphere as well. I thought on um, on Friday night. I mean, the atmosphere has been really good at the Emirates this season. I think the fan base together, and then it's weird because before going to the game, we're in the pub and we we're saying, I was saying, look. You know, if we if we nick one, I'd be happy. Nick, nick a win after sort of, you know, real as a wounded beast. Um, we didn't play that well against Palace. And I thought, you know, it's going to be a tough game. But first half, their tactics were all wrong, weren't they? And I thought, mm. you know, Gabriel dealt beautifully with uh, Watkins. I thought um, we'd done well to get on the score sheet early. Got the pen, which rightly so, was a pen, a bit of contact. And that was it. Once we were tuning up, we were, we were, we were flying, really. Smith Rowe had a blinder. Um and yes, yeah, you know, party time. That's what we love. Bit of Friday night footy. And then we uh, thought because it, we've won 3 0 on a Friday, it's the weekend, we may as well celebrate. So uh, we went, you know, for a little bit of a trip down Upper Street, support the local economy. Uh, did about three or four pit stops on the way, um, which was great. Finished up at about two o'clock in the morning. And uh, yeah, what 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 day out. Love, love a bit of that Friday night football action. <laughs> but you know, when you're traveling down from uh, the second city, are you not on the same train as the Villa fans or what? Uh it's a good question. I don't wear colours, you see, Eddie. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not that dumb. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, I wasn't wearing wasn't wearing any colours. Um so no, it was was brilliant, mate. Great, great atmosphere in the ground. I thought thought we were brilliant, sublime. Um and those are the sort of performances you want to see at home. You want to see, you know, start to re-establish the Emirates as a bit of a fortress. What's the like routine of going into the stadium? Like in Wales, but particularly on the the, the Derby weekend, fans have to show a, a COVID uh, test or something. Well, I don't know what these things are. Could not have that's, that that's because that's because yeah. you'll make Drakeford in it. So um, look, it's weird. So at first they said please show um, proof of a negative test. Now what okay. they've brought in in England is they've got these COVID passes. It looks a little bit like that. And that means you're double vaccinated. But I've never... So it's weird. When we went to Brighton, Brighton away a few weeks back, they reckoned that we were going to have to show them as proof of entry. I got herded in. No one asked me for nothing. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's a bit bit hit and miss, mate. Um, so yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've not had any COVID protocols or anything at the football um, since being back. What about wearing masks? Nothing? Nope. Nope. Nothing. How many people that you know of have had both vaccines? Loads. There's so. about six, Loads. About 70% of the population have been double vaccinated. As Arsenal season ticket holders, are you told that you have to have the vaccine to be able to go to the games? Or It's loosely inferred. You need to do either be double jabbed or have a negative COVID test to get in. 
Yeah. So that's what they're, that's the rules of entry. So you don't have to be double vaxxed as long as you've done a negative test beforehand, you're good. Oh, okay. I was I'm intrigued about that because I don't know how they'll get people to do that over here. Because <laughs> uh, at the rate that we are, mate, I'll be in lockdown till Christmas. Yeah, it's different. I mean, we, we, we don't have a zero COVID strategy, you see. So we are more about sort of just, we've, we've come to the, we've come to the risk versus reward. You know, we've come to the risk versus reward trade-off where we realise, look, we, we're going to take on a bit of risk here. But the reward <laughs> is we can go about normal day life. Yeah, that's good. If only we took that stance over here. Oh, well. Um, one thing I want to talk about, mate, is I've, I'm looking at fantasy football right now and the top player in the Exit Trials Premiership in October is the one and only Lyle. Flop There's FC. only one Lyle Stewart. Who, who, one Lyle Stewart. Walking along, singing a song. Walking in the Stewart Wonderland. <laughs> In October, you have accumulated 240 points. You're top of the mate, tree in October. I'll come and back from the dead, mate. You have, mate. Look at, okay, so you got 103 points this week in fantasy. That's amazing. You're third in the table right now. Uh, I'm just looking at your teammates. So you obviously went with Salah. Everyone in the world went with Salah, captain. 48 points there. But you had some blinders here. You, you had Martinez in goal, Chilwell, Mount. Big points there. Give us your reasoning for keeping Martinez in goal particularly playing against Arsenal as well. Right. So this one's for free to all your viewers. (laughs) The problem is a lot of people get too pedantic about the fantasy football, which is they like to chop and change too much in terms of the players. Whereas my rationale is think about who's going to be good over the course of the season. You have to stick with them. And that's what I did. Now, I need to make a few little tinkering adjustments. There are a few, a few, few little adjustments which are needed. But you've got to back. It's like, a, it's like a good manager. You've got to back your players. You can't just drop your, drop your star striker if he's had a bad week. And that is the difference, mate, between a footballing man versus a FIFA waste man. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, though, the only mistake you did, right, was uh, you kept Aaron's. In the team, you got minus yeah, three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got battered, no, got battered no, by Chelsea seven nil. No, no, no. That's, I, I said there's a little bit of tinkering. Like a good manager, you need yeah. to do a little bit of tinkering throughout the season. But the foundation and the spine is strong. Yeah, I was looking at the the scores every week. I thought Lars climb of the table, slow down, <laughs> and then the the hundred three of the week. I mean, yeah, we got to keep keep an eye on you, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. It's it. Former's temporary classes. Yeah, I, I, I've if, had shockers, if, mate. This season, I can't you, find so anyone. So this this season, you need to have players from West Ham. You need yeah. to have season from Chelsea, players from Liverpool. Man City's not great because of how he rotates the players. That's the yeah. problem with City. Maybe except with Kevin De Bruyne or someone like that. But if you've got Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, uh, who's the other one I mentioned? Uh, Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool. No, that's it. That you're good. That's you're all good. you really you're need. Sorted. Yeah, that's you sorted, mate. Like yeah. Antonio, I wish I had Antonio up front. He's having a uh, blinder, see, mate, I, uh, I've had him, but then, mate, I think of it. If you just look at my team, if I don't have that striker that week, he will score. Trust me. Like um, yeah. Tony, my man Tony, I'm, I'm persisted with him this whole season. He's just not delivering for me. And the fact that Brentford scored, I saw the scoreline. I thought, yes, he's got probably got a goal or assist him. And that, nowhere near it. Um, Vardy. Every time oh, I find the kid, he never scores. I know. I, do you know what? I, I don't do, I don't, I've, ne- I've always had that problem with Vardy because the thing about Vardy is his record in the Premier League is actually not as good as people think it is from a goal scoring mm. perspective. He's he's not even a one in two striker. No. He's, he's 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 more like a he's a he's a he's a four in ten. 
Yeah, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mugging him off. By the way, he's, he, considering where he's come from and where he's, he's, he's a great player. But no disrespect, people keep comparing him to Ian Wright. Ian Wright's numbers are miles better than Vardy's <laughs> ever. No, I'm serious. Yeah, look yeah, at, yeah, no, look at look at no Wrighty's goal return versus. It's not even a discussion. Yeah, I mean, who are you going for next week then? Who am I going for? What do you mean? Who As in, like, for? are you bringing a new player in next week? I'm trying to get yeah, the intel here. Yeah, yeah, I am. But who are you bringing in? That's, <laughs> that, that's, classi- that's classified info, mate. People pay big money for that. <laughs> If your viewers slide into my DMs, I'll uh, I'll give you my tip. Of, I'll give you my tip of the week, but it's going to cost you twenty quid. <laughs> right, let's go for the games, mate. So Chelsea, um, they were without Lukaku. So for fantasy managers out there, he's a wild card. They were fucked, really. <laughs> everyone, everyone signed Lukaku. I signed Lukaku, and then I had to get rid of him last minute. But Mason Mount got the goal, seven 0 against Norwich. I mean, Norwich is just. The yo-yo club, aren't they? They're just there for the season. Oh, they'll man, be down. I mean, they'll win, what, they'll win even, the championship next year, won't they? I don't even know why they bother, mate. They li- it's like Monopoly. They come on the board, collect their 200 quid, and then go around the circuit, and boom, they're binned off again. Do you know what I mean? They start <laughs> without buying any real estate. Window shoppers, mate. Waste what, of space. What, do you think there is much of a strategy there? Like, is it exactly what you just said there? Or do you think the higher-up is there, you know, Delia Smith, <laughs> when she's cooking that pot roast, do you reckon she's thinking, you know, we actually want to stay up this season, you know? Or is it just the fact that we'll just stay in the Premier League for one year and then take all the money and then, you know, rely on the youth next season and then, Mate, boom, win the championship? Waste, waste of space. They can go. I've got no time for them. Not yeah. honest. Uh, to be honest, like, let them stay. I'd let them stay because it's guaranteed three points every season. <laughs> but when you look at some of the other clubs who are in the championship, you think, nah, 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 nah. Ah, uh, you get Norwich. <laughs> uh, Sling your hook. Go on. <laughs> what about Everton Watford? What a crazy last 25 minutes that was. Yeah, that was good. Watford Watford surprised me though. I thought Jeez. at one stage at one stage of the season I thought Watford were pretty dead and buried, but mm. they, they might stay up. <laughs> Do you feel sorry for your old man um Iwobi? You know, he comes on the field and then they can see five goals the last 25 minutes. Mate, best 35 minutes. <laughs> Best 35 million we ever got that. But um, yeah, moving on. Um, so a couple of draws. Palace, Newcastle, one all draws. Uh, Leeds. I think Leeds have to be worried, I think. You know, they had a bad start of the season. Um, I mean, yes, they should be worried. But no, in the context, the sense that there's so many poor teams around them. So yeah. I think that's what's going to save them. So they're better than Burnley. They're better than Norwich and maybe better than one other, which are which are probably going to go down. So, I mean, bar a miracle, I think Burnley and Norwich are going. And, you know, yeah. I think Burnley's time's up. I think Dyke's has done. He's, he's, he's basically squeaked as much as he can out of that group there. And bar a miracle, they're, they're gone. Mm. Can't see. Now, what's interesting is how the dust settles because there's a few sides in there where it's difficult to call it. So I think Burnley, I called it at the start of the season when I said I thought Burnley and Norwich were done. What will be interesting is who joins them because you've got Watford, Brentford, arguably Southampton and maybe Newcastle, which are going to form that pack. I think you're right. Palace will, will do enough to surge up the table. I think Southampton should have enough to stay up. Oh, really. yeah. Should... Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Saints fan. I think they'll come good. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if, how, how Brentford fare as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. 
Did you watch that Paul Scholes uh, video? Him sucking his daughter's toes. No, I didn't watch that. <laughs> Thankfully mate. not. Mate. <laughs> Shocking, mate. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, you know what, mate? This is my segue. So, you know, going to the, yeah, the, the Liverpool Man United game was nothing less than uh, <laughs> the nail biting because Man United got absolutely bad. Absolutely bad. Mate, it was it was an annihilation. I can't... It, the last time there was a game like that was when the Tottenham... Remember when Tottenham done them now? Uh, yeah. And then... But that was sort of a fluke because it was like lockdown and all of that stuff. But then before that, it was when City did them in a derby, innit? Um, but I mean, it was always the writing was on the wall because the problem with United is that individually they're not bad, but as a team, they look awful. And that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, I'm sorry, he's not a top manager. He's 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 a good he's got good people skills. Don't get me wrong, he's got good people skills. He can he talks well, fronts the press well. I'm sure he's good in the dressing room, but. From a football tactics perspective, he's, it's like mm. going back to year zero. I'm sorry. You can't com- look, look, okay. If you walk in, if you walk into the shop and on the wall, you've got Jurgen Klopp, right? Tactically brilliant. They play that heavy metal style of football, run all day, blinding, right? Uh, transform Liverpool around. You've then got Guardiola. Say no. I mean, he's just on a different level. The football he's playing, Tuchel, who has actually done a masterclass at Chelsea, because he's what he's done is what no other manager there has been able to do, which is he's got all the youngsters which have come through, and he's also weaved in with a few other players. He's got players who were they look like they were finished. People like Vern, all of a sudden he's got them playing again. Right, he's he's got to be a, a brilliant manager as well. And then you look like Ollie. Sorry. and he just hasn't got the record. You look at all of them; they've been at big clubs before, and. He should never have. He's a caretaker. And I, I've got a lot of respect for what he did the first couple of years, sorted things out. But he's a caretaker, Edzie. Nothing more, nothing less, I'm afraid to say. Never mm. be a top manager. No chance. When he's up against them three, no chance. Like we did say this before, like the writing was on the wall when the big signings came this season. You know, he, he had to do something and he's fallen short, hasn't he? Well, it's difficult because the Varane signing was a great signing. Um, Sancho, not as much, because if they were going to bring in Sancho, they needed to shift out some players. Um, because, and, and this is the problem, actually. The biggest problem they've got is they don't actually have genuine wingers. So if you watch... live, So they've got no balance, right? Because if you look at Liverpool, Mane is a workhorse down the left-hand side. He mm. goes up, he goes back. Even Salah does put in a bit of graft. I mean, he's, he's not as lazy as he used to be. And then Firmino is a workhorse. But... Between Greenwood, Rashford and Ronaldo, there's no... like, And Rashford and Greenwood aren't really what I'd call proper wingers. Yeah. They're more forwards, aren't they? That The, the, the tracking back's just not part of their game. And then that midfield three just doesn't... That's not... Um, they're, they're finished, mate. Well, you said they're like, Ollie's got no tactical awareness. But like, what, what is the, the game plan, do you think? What was the game plan going into that game? Because... You know, they sort of try to press, but Ronaldo's not a pressing player. He never has been. He's not now 30-something years old. So Yeah, but like, the problem like, is, is that Green- Greenwood and, and what's the other lad, Rashford, they haven't got yeah. the discipline to play out wide against Liverpool. Mm. Because you know that Robertson, and that you're going to have to bloody track Robertson and Alexander-Arnold, you see. And that's why Liverpool are a nightmare to play against, because your, wing, your wide players have actually got to do a lot of work. Because basically, once... They, so once Liverpool are on the ball, mm. their fullbacks will, will bomb on. And if you're not careful, 
So if you're either if a midfield player doesn't come across to the wide area, your your defensive fullbacks have, are then uh, two on one because they've got the wingers plus the fullbacks who've bombed on nightmare to play, and that's what killed United yesterday. Was the fullbacks were just mercs then, mate <laughs> Robertson and uh, the other guys of um, Alexander Arnold because they just bombed on. You looked at them. Did you see them on telly? They were stood stationary. Rashford's, Ronaldo, they were stood on the halfway line, mate. And then Fernandez was doing nothing. How can you have four passengers against a team like Liverpool? Oh, mate, Mullering, Mullering. <laughs> but good, I can't stand. I can't stand Man United, mate. It's brilliant. That was like Christmas, mate. Tottenham, <laughs> lose, Tottenham losing, United losing, big Christmas, mate. I'm sorry, United fans have got to front this, right? United fans have to front this. I'm sorry. The stick I've got from them lot over the years. I remember the 8-2 at Old Trafford, blah, blah, blah. Where are this lot? They've got to front this, right? I've never ducked nothing with Arsenal, right? We've been had some proper ridings. This lot are a joke, mate. Start of the season, they all come out the window. Oh, Viva Ronaldo, yeah. Slap his name on the back of the shirt. Look at them now. Where are they? Embarrassing, <laughs> mate. I'm, I'm proper embarrassing. <laughs> So Mo Salah, best in the world, you reckon? Has to be on current form. No mm. one's better than him on, on current form. He's beating um, Didier Drogba's record now in the Premier League. Would he be the best African player in the Premier League? Of all time. Mm. So your candidates are probably what? You've got Didier Drogba. You've got Yaya Toure. Um, you've got Salah. Um, Lauren was good for Arsenal. You had uh, Michael Essien. Um mm. Colo, Torre, Carnu, uh, JJ Akosha. I'd add Yakubu in terms of goal scoring. Do you hear this? The yak. My man is just... My the man yak. is just... It, you, oh, you, the yak. Listeners, play that back. Think of the calibre of the eight people I've just mentioned and the yak has gone in there. This is... This, someone's put something in Dem Man's Tim. Hey, and, he's won a league man. cup, mate. He won a league cup against you lot. Uh, look at that. Look at that. The Did yak. he score I mean, the winner? No, mate, to be fair, Addy Bayor would have to go in above the yak. When you look at, from a, from, and I, I, I don't like Addy Bayor, but, you know, surely he is to go in there. But, yeah, I mean, of course, when you look at that, that list, I think Salah is comfortably at the top in terms of, you know, he's, 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 he, he has to be. I'm just looking at this now. So, 2011 League Cup fight. Ah, oh, got the wrong. I got the wrong player. No, that's Martin. Yeah, I'm Martin. I'm sure the Axe won something. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think. I think. What would I say? I would say that. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, Drogba yeah, wasn't that. Drogba wasn't that good of a like. Drogba. All the Chelsea fans go nuts about Drogba, but Drogba was a. He's a good player, mm. good old school number nine, but nowhere you would never have him in that conversation with I right. think with Drogba sort of he, he scored the big time goals you know FA Cup finals obviously the Champions League finals so I think no, people no, remember no, him no. for that agreed no agreed mm. great great number nine right very good but from an output perspective you can't compare him with a guy like Salah who's just banging him in that's fair um, in terms of um, so Salah's like with, I think his contract's expiring soon so do you think that Liverpool actually put the money where their mouth is and actually just pay him the mega bucks. Yeah, he's got nowhere else to go. He's got nowhere else to go um, outside of England. Okay. So, so Spanish football's in disarray. He came from Italy. Then there's no money in Italy at the moment. So he's not going to go to Italy. Barcelona's fin- finished. Real Madrid are pretty much finished as well. 
So PSG would be, and PSG, look, you know, the book's full there. So what, <laughs> you know, so realistically, I don't think he's going anywhere, Etsy, uh, but that's just my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, but I, and I think he's got the opportunity to do what very few modern players have done with probably the exception of Aguero and David Silva. Mm. Uh, did I say modern players or foreign players? I can't remember. I said foreign. modern players. Yeah. yeah foreign players, foreign. sorry. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's got the opportunity which very few foreign players have been able to do in recent years, where basically you look at the City boys, company, uh, Silva and um, Aguero, right? Mm. Now, he, he, two, three more years at Liverpool, same same, same calibre as them. He'll be, he'll be remembered as great, do you know what I mean? So he's, he's, he's 70% of the way there. He may as well, you know, do the remaining 30%. He's won everything now and he's won the, I mean, yeah, what I've, my biggest criticism of Klopp's sides is they don't pick up the domestic cups. So I, I, I think they're too boom or bust. It's too Champions League or, or Premier League. Now, mm. I, I, I said this at the time and I will stand by it. The season that they won the league, if they'd really kicked on with an investment perspective, I think they would have done it again next last year and won a bit more. Whereas I've always said the problem with Liverpool is they're always a little bit threadbare. Their starting eleven is good, but I don't think they've got the depth that being said, when LD11 are out, they're brilliant. They remind me, and I know this is a poor comparison, they remind me of Arsenal just after the Invincibles. So 2004-05 season, 2005-06 season, where still a great side, you know, still the delights of Henri, or 2004-05, for example, we still had Henri, Vieira, you know, Campbell, Pires, Lundberg. But the big question I have with Liverpool is I always think they're one or two short. And you see that last year when Van Dijk got injured, you know, they just weren't weren't the same. So I, I think Salah stays. I can't see him, I can't see him going. It's just I'm 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 not sure what the future looks like for Liverpool because I, I don't know if with that squad they go all the way. But then you know Liverpool are a different beasts. Liverpool defy logic because they play in a way which no other. Taking Leicester out, take take Leicester out, and take Chelsea out as well under Conte. They are a very it's not so much about the players, it's more about the system, if, if that makes sense, of Liverpool with, with Klopp's style. But they actually haven't got that many world-class players in there, have they? When you, no. when you look at it, you know, you think Van Dijk's genuinely world-class. You'd say Salah's genuinely world-class. You'd probably put Mane in that bracket as well. And then maybe the goalkeeper, Alisson. And arguably, you could say Rob, Robertson's a good fullback, back isn't he? But, you know, it, it, I always say, like, Robinson is a solid player. Alexander-Arnold's a solid player. Fabinho, they've got a really nice blend. They're not like a stacked side, are they, in terms of, like, all-in-all ballers. But they've got a really good blend. And, you know, anyone can come in. The thing with the likes of Liverpool and City is they're such well-drilled outfits. And Chelsea got it now. Anyone can come in. They can still play the same style of play. So it makes them so hard to play against. Moving on from Liverpool, let's talk about Newcastle. So Steve Bruce has left the job. Obviously, the, the new owners there didn't see him as the, the future at the club. I don't think many people did. But do you think that he got treated a bit harshly by the fans? How are we, man? How are we? My man, Steve Bruce. Now, Jackie. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so um, I, I think it's a disgrace, mate. And this is why I can't stand modern football, because the lot on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's a disgrace. You know, the stuff they're saying about Brucey, it's not right. On a post, I don't care. Right, he's a human being at the end of the day, and um, I think you know the way he's treated by certain parts of the media. You know, this it was the impossible job with Ashley. Um, I really feel for the guy um, on a on a human level. Obviously, he was never 
he's never been a world class manager, never ever has been, never as will be. He's a good football bloke. He's got a lot of integrity, and um, yeah, I feel a bit gutted for old Brucey. Uh, I think he has been treated really bad. Who comes in now? I don't know actually. I, I, it's hard to know because I don't think the market's that great. Conte would be a good option in terms of he's got the Premier League credentials and experience. How interested he would be would be there is a lad who would be good for them as well. And his name's uh, I don't know if he's in in work at the moment, but I thought Roberto Mancini would be brilliant as well up there. Up there. Um, I don't know if he's in work because um, I know he's, he's the he's, Italian manager. I thought he was stepping down. Nah, I he's not. He's going to win the World Cup next year. Come on. So he stayed, okay, fine, fine. Uh, so, yeah, Mancini would be a great option if they could convince him. Conte would be a good option. Uh, do, you think, um, do you think Newcastle sort of like, they're not going to get that manager net, like the next manager won't be the manager they're taking to the next level. Like, they need a manager that's going to like... The, um, likes of, the likes of Allegra, Simeone, they're all good managers. Yeah, but they're not going to get that top manager. They're going to get like someone that will just... What about, what about Unai Emery? Unai, well, he got us, what, fifth? fifth? Yeah. Uh, Unai Emery wouldn't be the worst option. I think with Newcastle, like they're not going to go up to that next level straight away. That's going to take some time, like a five-year plan, right? I don't think they're going to get someone like a Steven Gerrard. I don't, even no. though it'd be a good job for him. I think he needs to get out of Scotland. It's he a good does. job for him, but I don't think it's a good yeah. job for Newcastle. They need someone that's got experience to build no, the team. No, agreed, you know? agreed, agreed, agreed. But I'm just trying to think about who's mm. out there. So Emre's done really good at Valencia, isn't he? So that's why I was, I was thinking. But people say Eddie Howe. But I don't think he can take no better than Ger- no better than Gerard, mate. Nah. Um, and people say Frank Lampard, but I mean, I mean, what has he done really? You know, I, it's funny how no, these ma- these young no. managers are sort of they're not really done anything to warrant a big nah, Frank. Frank needs to go to a sorry, but Frank Frank is he believed his own height too much and got burnt badly. Yeah. Chat <laughs> shit, get banged, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, a bit uh, like. Would you think Newcastle will have to poach someone? But that, that, that's the only route, really. If they can't get anyone that's available, they're gonna have to poach so someone. They don't need a top tier manager. They need mm. effectively a manager who can get them to sixth, seventh, eighth around that territory, striking distance. Do you reckon Brendan Rodgers would leave? No, no, I don't. I don't see that's. I don't think it goes not in Newcastle in the current state. No, not not unless he was guaranteed a wall chest. I think that'd be. Brendan Rodgers is a funny one because it's like, how good is Brendan Rodgers? Is Brendan Rodgers a good manager and not a great manager? That's maybe one of the questions you need to ask yourself. How good is Brendan Rodgers? I think Brendan Rodgers is a good coach rather than a manager. I think he's good with working with young players. Um, He sets up a good team, but I don't think he's a good manager. Sure, sure. But this is what I'm saying. So I think Rodgers is good, but not great. And that is no criticism of him because he Hmm. is the... He's the only guy out there who I see as the ability to disrupt. So forget the Arteta Cup win. That was a bit of a fluke, I think. If Arte- Well, maybe it wasn't. Who knows? But, <laughs> what, so, but Arteta and Rodgers are the only ones who've disrupted the traditional, I guess you could call it sort of establishment, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at... So Arsenal and Leicester... I'm not really comfortable using this example, but because obviously Leicester won the league sort of whenever they won the league. Was it 16? But... If you so bear with me on this one, like Arsenal and Leicester are the only ones who've really disrupted the traditional top four in the last five years, in the sense that we've won two FA Cups, they've won an FA Cup. Apart from that, everything's gone to Liverpool and City and Chelsea. They've they've swept everything up. Yeah. So 
Rodgers does have the ability to disrupt, but I don't think he's got the ability to win league titles. And no. that is that is the problem. He can win a cup and I can see him winning another cup with Leicester playing that way of football. You know, I don't think a Europa League is out of, the, out of their gift, mm. but I can't see him winning the league title. I don't think he's got that calibre. Well, just look at the last two seasons, mate. They've not been able to finish top four. That, that's the proof in the pudding, isn't, you know? isn't it, Eze? What you said there, bang on now. Yeah, absolutely right. He is, and obviously, if you look back at his time at Liverpool, didn't have the, the bottle to finish it off, you know? So, yeah, but interesting to see what happens there, mate. The, the games this weekend. So, from a, a fantasy uh, football perspective, Leicester Arsenal is a real tasty one. I mean, if you've got some Arsenal or Leicester players, like they could be the difference as opposed to a good score or a bad score. Yeah. Um, might be, you know, if, if Vardy's not playing, it says he's 75% chance of him playing. If, if there's no Vardy, then, you know, Arsenal got a good chance here. I'll be there. Um, it's not happy hunting ground for us, Eddie. That's the mm. problem. In the last, we've only won there once, I think, in the last five years or so. So it's not, the history book will tell you it's not a happy hunting ground for us. And our away form is not good. It hasn't been good for years. So, I'd take a point, truth be told. It's probably a good point, though, isn't it? Yeah, no, agrees. So I'm doing them all, actually. It's weird how it's worked out. It's like, it's like a, you know, when a bus arrives. And so I'm, I'm doing like United away, Liverpool away, Leeds away, Everton away. Um, I'm just, I'm doing them all. But I don't know why. I don't know what's happened. It's just, yeah. The train, I'm on the train, mate. I'm on the, the away, away game train, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, but when I look at all of that, I look at our... Burnley was good for us because we we, we, we we sort of figured out how to win away. But the problem is when you step it up a slightly better calibre of opposition, I don't know if we've quite got that performance in our locker yet. Like, we've done United at Old Trafford, but there's no fans last year. So we did a 1-0, which is a good win. So let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I think that one could swing either way. But I'm conservatively going to say it's going to be a draw. Burnley-Brentford? What is that, Turf Moor? Is that at the... Yeah, Turf Moor, yeah. Oh, it's a tough game, but I think Brentford can win that. If they play their football, they can win that. And they've come out of the championship, so it's not like Burnley can rough them up. <laughs> I'm hoping Tony scores. If you don't score against Burnley, he ain't never going to score, is he? I, I think Brentford will win that. If, I'm, if, I'm backing if, them to win. Yeah, I think Brentford will win that. Cool. Um, Liverpool, Brighton? Yeah, Liverpool win that at Anfield, easily. Uh, Man City, Palace? Or is that at the Etihad? Yeah. See, Palace has got a big upset in them. I just don't know which game it is because they've got they're going to win. So you know, look if you look at their they, and they beat they did turn Man City over a couple of years back, didn't they? Uh, mm. But it's a Monday, and it's you know I'm, I haven't it's not like I've been on the booze or anything like that. So <laughs> sober, sober Lyle is going to say that that's going to be a Man City win. Newcastle, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea easily. Watford, Southampton. It's a draw written all over it. Oh, this is a good game. Spurs, Man United. Um, I'd go for a draw. Yeah, that's probably... I knew you'd say that. You don't, you don't want Spurs winning, do you? But you also don't well, want Man United winning. <laughs> yeah, but Spurs are in a weird patch because they win one game, lose two, win two. And they're at home, aren't they? Yes, they are home. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's a draw, mate. It's a draw. Norwich, Leeds. Now, that's a big one. I mean, it's a relegation fight, this one, isn't it? Leeds got back. You got back Leeds for yeah. that, haven't you? All right, Villa West Ham. That's one of the games. Villa West Ham and Arsenal Leicester are, are difficult ones to call because mm. Villa have had two shockers, but their form before that was actually all right. Uh, they need to get a win, but West Ham are in good form, and I can't see West Ham dropping points. I really can't. I can't so, so when I said 
I can't see West Ham losing that game. I really yeah. can't. I, I just can't see that. But then I Villa got a, they somehow, you know, like you said with Palace, you know, they've got a game in them, you know? Yeah, because you remember the Everton game when they bid in Everton, didn't they? Yeah, that's exactly. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one, that one. I've oh, probably a draw, but I mean, I hope I hope Tanya don't score because I haven't got him in the team, so. <laughs> I think it's a, I think that was a draw, Redsy. I'm, I'm going to go a draw, but if Villa are going to beat West Ham, they're going to have to go big. Do mm. you know what I mean? They they can't they're not going to beat West Ham one 0 It's going to have they're going to have to go like they'll have to put them to the sword three three one or something. So I'll, I'll go draw, but and I like, wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if West Ham nicked that like two one or something. Who's the last game? It's uh, Wolves versus Everton. Last game. Another toughie, isn't it? At, at Molyneux, Wolves are bouncing at the moment. I'll go Wolves three points. I think Everton's a bit overhyped this season, mate. Oh, I jumped on that Townsend gravy train and yeah, just. Derailed. I didn't give me any points on the weekend. <laughs> did I did I share you with the accumulator that I saw some Arsenal fan put on? No. Right, listen to this. So, this is nuts. Basically, you'd have loved this. £25 single accumulator at 33 to 1. Party Thomas Party to score any time in the match. Match result will be Arsenal. Over three goals in the match for both teams combined. Wow. Over one card in the match of both teams combined. No. Over six corners in the match, both teams combined. £25 stake, 850 return. That person has had a weekend and a half. That is a peaky blinder. That is a great bet. That's a great it's, bet. For 25 quid. <laughs> and it actually could come off, couldn't it, when you think about it? Party school. I mean, that's a proper variable. But everything else he's got in there is, is, is solid. Yeah. The biggest variable is the party goal. Because you know there's yes. going to be more than... What was it? So if I look at that, you know there's going to be over six corners in the match. Mm. You know there'll be one card in the match for both teams combined. And over three goals in the match was plausible because I thought it was going to be a 2 one That's a brilliant bet. <laughs> I nearly got one of those um, for Derby, mate. So I had some like, um, I put like uh, $20 on the same game multi. It was obviously the Swansea win. Um, I, I betted that Cardiff wouldn't score a goal. I betted that um, Joel Perot would score. I bet there would be less than 15 quarters. I think it was like 14, I think, at the end. And I needed Matty Grimes to get a yellow card. And he didn't get a yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. But I, was just, I don't know how, I don't know how ethical this is, but begging one of your players to get booked. <laughs> you end up like uh, Keith Gillespie, mate. Yeah. Oh, mate. Can we talk about this quickly before we end the pod? I see all these memes now on Instagram. Of Ty from AFTV. What's the deal with it? I know you said that they've had some backlash lately, but all these fans come up to him and ask for a selfie, like a video selfie, and then they always like spout like abuse at him and the channel that he's associated with. Like, what's the story there? I think people have just had enough because unfortunately, every he's a laughing stock for right, for Arsenal fans. Every Arsenal fan looks at that guy and just takes the piss out of us. Um, now, I think what needs to happen is the following: AFT need to come out. They need to issue an apology. Uh, Robbie needs to realise that, you know, he sold out. And I get it. You know, he, he went out, he, he started it as a fan and sold out and it became a business, very profitable one. But he sold out. He sold his soul. And that's the harsh reality. Now, the AFTV lot can try and complain about that until they're blue in the face. But the Arsenal fan base have, have had enough because mm. of the amount of trouble they've caused over the lot. And that's it. They, you know, they will try and say, oh, you know, we were just voicing the fans' opinion. But, 
you know, they poured so much petrol on the fire. And in fact, they haven't, they just blew the whole thing up, right? Yeah. You know, the whole Wenger <laughs> out stuff, you know, all of these nutters going on there, just mouthing off, calling it Arsenal fan TV and saying that represents the fans when it doesn't really, because if you look at the profile of people which go on there, doesn't really represent what I'd call the hardcore of our support because uh, the hard and it does it really doesn't and so but it's I don't like it I don't like seeing the back it's not nice right it's not nice what's going on it's not nice some of the songs which have been sung and some of the personal abuse these people are getting but unfortunately your actions have consequences and I'm not condoning it I'm not saying it's right but for years they've ran down the club and people have had enough and unfortunately they've got to realize look we got it totally wrong. And, um, you know, your actions of consequences, you know, um, they've got to take it. You know, they've given it out. All of the people on that platform, you know, the likes of, you know, the DTs and all of these other idiots, troops have given out nonsense over the years. And you've got to, I'm sorry, you've got to take it. And Robbie's got to hand his, hold his hands up and say, look, some of the content he was putting out, he never should have put that out back in the day. And, um, yeah, I think the fans, have, the fans have had enough. And it's sad, you know, because it's like Robbie sits in the same block I do in, in, in the North Bank. And, um, you know, I can tell that he don't enjoy going to games anymore. A lot of them stop going to the away games because the away fans are just so vociferous in the, you know, wanting them out of the club. But it's not racist. There's no racist abuse. Uh, Arsenal is one of the most diverse, mixed fan base I've seen. You know, black people chanting hey, Arsenal, Arsenal out. You know, people from all different creeds mm. chanting Arsenal fan TV out, and it's sad because it should have been something so positive. But like everything, which starts off with good intentions, it then ends up, you know, becoming this big corporate beast, really, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your views are on it, Edzy. I used to love watching them. Um, I used to love watching it when you lose, particularly because you just, you know, it just. But then when they see stuff like Sky, like the overlap, and you have Ty on there representing Arsenal as a fan base, it makes you guys look like mugs, doesn't it, really, when you've got him representing you guys. And I think if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be quite embarrassed and just you know, quite outraged, outraged, really, thinking that out of the millions of Arsenal fans that you could have there representing you, you've got that idiot there. Exactly, because you know? exactly, I know guys who go overland and see. Right? Mm. I know people who haven't missed, like, they've missed a handful of games in the last however many years. People, old school gooners, do you know what I mean? People who, you know, have been going to Arsenal all their life, do you know what I mean? But they'll never, ever get featured on there because they don't get the clicks. Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? You know, and the people who do talk sense on AFT don't get the clicks, do they? Like that Graham guy goes on there and talks so much sense, but he doesn't get the clicks, does he? No. Um, and it's sad, yeah. It's sad how it's all going to end. It's all it's all going to end in tears, uh, Reese. Yeah, because you know what? It's uh, like you said, like with Robbie, like, I, I genuinely do think that he loves the club. Um, but it is quite sad to hear that, you know, he probably doesn't enjoy actually watching them anymore because he gets so much shit, you know? That's I suppose you're going to live and die by the sword, mate. And... Yeah, but if he could, he could, if he wanted to, he could, he could do a video tomorrow doing a mm. public apology to the Arsenal fans. I'm going to change that, but they haven't, have they? No. They'll, uh... Instead, they'll, cut, they'll come out and say that the, uh, the fans are racist. So I don't think that racist, which is wrong. No, it's, not, it's nothing about race at all. It's just the fact that they've sort of been found out by their own fan base that what they're doing um, and it's clear to us this whole time what they were doing you know i would love to see what the videos would be like if you were successful let's say you're winning the leagues all over again playing in europe like how different would the views be would they be high i don't know i don't think they would be yeah i mean the problem was the venga years you can't come back from the venga years the no. nonsense they were doing uh it's just it was just 
sorry, they just they saw they that was the that was the end really, isn't it? Mm. You can't get credibility after that. And this is important because I liked Arsenal fan TV when it first came out. I met Robbie a few times in the early days, and he was a solid guy. Mm. But I think probably about three years ago, whatever it was, it sort of turned, didn't it? Three, four years ago. I think you were in that, that game, weren't you? Was it Burnley away? Yeah. That's when they first started getting hostile, wasn't it? Yeah, I think three, four years ago it turned. I think enough was enough and and, and that was it. it was, it's such a shame because I think the concept is brilliant and it should be a brilliant thing. And you should have fans like myself and others who go up and down the country on there, but it's not to be really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, looking at the table now for Arsenal, see 10th in the league, um, level points with um, with United. It's just a bad goal difference letting you down. But, you know, from the start, you know, you've had, the tougher fixtures compared to Man United. Uh, they've got some big teams to play against now. So let's just say you have a good couple of games here. You could possibly be in the top six. I don't think so, Eddie. I think the you don't problem think so? for us, no, it's it's not going to happen because in order for so in order for us to get in the top six, we have to sort the away form out. Okay. It's, 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 so we would need to do some. We need some big wins. So we've got because the problem is if you look at our net, look at our, if you look at our next five games, they're not good. Fixtures are not good. You've got Leeds tomorrow in the the EFL Cup. No, I'm talking about in the league, mate. Oh, league. The league. Okay. So well, you've got Leicester away. Then you've yep. got Watford at home. Yeah. Then you've got Liverpool away. Tough game. Newcastle at home. Man United away. Everton away. Um, and then you've got uh, the Saints at home. Followed by Leeds away. Tough. Some tough away games. So that's the problem for us is our, where we will finish in the table will rise and fall depending on the away fixtures. If we can if we can start winning away in some of these tough places like Leicester, Everton, Liverpool, United, yes. But that's a big that's a big big one. So, you know, I'll be I'll be there. I'll be at all of them supporting the team through thick and thin, the snow, <laughs> the wind, the rain. But um I am not sure. I I am honestly I you know I, I in my heart, yes, I believe that we win every game, but if I use my head, I think those are some tough, tough fixtures with some serious sides. Am I right in saying that you've signed up for Norwich away? No, I'm not going there. You're not no, going there. No, You're not doing that. I, 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 I could have got a ticket for it. No, I, I, I'd do so. No, it's unfortunately not. That was one bridge too far. But I'm doing my, my, my tour of the Northwest. So it's that we've been done over by Sky um, or BT, whoever it is. So we've ended up having bloody Manchester United on the Thursday and Everton mm. on a Monday. Yeah. So I'm just going to stay up there. <laughs> C- couch surf. If anyone knows where, if anyone's got a bed going in Manchester, give me a shout or couch. <laughs> Maybe Paul Skulls, mate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, nice one, mate. Well, I'm going to wrap this things up, mate. I've got I've got some work to do. Yeah, I actually do work some some days anyway. Um, Pleasure to have you on, mate. Cardiff, get back to <laughs> everywhere they go. Cardiff, get, get back to everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. Well, thank you. Get back everywhere they go. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Extra Trials Football Podcast, the home of all the football. And uh, we should get Jasper Lamb next on the pod because uh, Ollie will get the sack, I, I suppose, by the next time we do the pod. So, anyway, have a good one and awesome performance again from the Swans. Get in there. What a beautiful day. And what a beautiful day.